Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Welcome to a special Thanksgiving episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. You know, I wanted to do a little, something a little different, a little special today for you guys. Uh, we get a lot of questions about Pokemon and with two or three auctions uh, ending last night, some big auctions, especially Charizard PSA 10, I wanted to bring Cage on and talk Pokemon and all things Pokemon. And Cage, I, I apologize to put you on the spot, but I had an idea for this episode, if sure, you don't mind. Sure, so Go for it. Okay. So you and I have been talking a lot about should you complete the PSA 10 first edition set. So if you guys don't know, just a quick background story. Cage has been working on this set since 2017. He was one yeah. of the early eyes in the game. He knew Pokemon would be on the up, and he's been building the set for three years now. Yep. Uh, Pokemon exploded this year, and he had about six cards, I believe, remaining a few months ago. Uh, now he'll tell you how many he has remaining before he completes that set. But the, the question comes up with the explosion in Pokemon, with the high prices, is it worth completing the set? So I figured, let's ask Luca Nation. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. You'll tell the story. You'll give a little bit of background of what you're seeing in the market. Yep. Maybe someone out there is seeing something that I don't. Uh, and I think it'd be kind of a cool, uh, cool little Thanksgiving special. So are you okay with that? Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea. And let me just, for background, guys, I mean, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Um, you know, we hope you're, you're playing this. Maybe you're playing it the day after. Maybe you're playing a Thanksgiving night because there's no football game. You know, I was, I'm ready to mail it in. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm half into a bottle of screwball, peanut butter, whiskey, and, uh, you know, turkey hangover, you name it. But uh, my partner here, Andrew, forget about it. He is, he is, he's like clockwork. He's like, we tell the people we're going to give him an episode, so we're going to give him an episode. And not only is it an episode, you're not mailing it in. You got a topic. You got a legitimate thing here for everybody. And, and I think this is a I think it would be fascinating, don't you think so? We've been talking well, a lot about wait. it the last few days. A hundred percent. I can't wait to hear what people say because I, I have to tell you, I don't know where I fall on it, so I can't wait to hear what people say because I wake up every day on a different side of the fence. So I'll give some background, and you know, you'd ask me questions. We can have a conversation the way it is. But basically, yes, um, I started building just so everyone knows what we're talking about. I started building the first edition PSA 10 Wizards of the Coast Pokemon base set. It's 102 cards plus there are two variants, so people could say it's 103, 104. There's a yellow and red cheek Pikachu. The red cheek's a little rarer, sells for a little more money. There's also the Machamp card number eight. There is a shadowed version of it, which most people don't consider part of the set. But, you know, just to be complete, I have both copies, a shadowed and a shadowless. Um, every first edition is supposed to be shadowless. But, uh, you know, that particular card is graded by PSA as first edition, even the ones with the shadow. So, um, you know, complete, you'd say it's a 104 card set, um, you know, based on what I'm trying to complete. Um, and, and, you know, it was one of those things we had Jeremy Padauer on early on and, you know, Pokemon had not exploded yet. It had gone up, it had not exploded yet the way that it has over the last six months to, um, you know, the better part of 2020. Um, and he purchased a full set early this year for $129,000. It was the last set that sold. Um, so when I was building it, obviously my eye was to try to complete the set for less than that $129,000. I know that's a lot of money guys. I know it's crazy. Um, but, um, you know, for the well, entire time... Well, just to pause right here, just so you guys yeah. know, what I'm thinking at this time is, hmm, 
is completing a set versus buying individual cards in Pokemon a better option? That's where I start to think, because I didn't yep. know that there were still set collectors in the game. Uh, and I'm curious because Rally also does offer the first edition uh, PSA 10 set, right? It's yep, not yep, one right. card. It's not an so, investment in a Charizard. It's a set. So yeah, it, right it's before, just interesting to talk, think about set collecting at this yeah, point. R- right before Jeremy bought his Rally, Rally offered theirs. It was, uh, I think the, the set was valued at $125,000. So early this year, you can say that that set of 104 cards um, was approximately $125,000, value of the set. Um, and yeah, there. I believe PSA has twelve of these sets registered, complete sets, twelve of them in the world. Um, so that's kind of like your measuring stick. And yeah, I mean, I thought it would right. be cool to have a set. And my my thought on this going into it was that at some point in the next five to ten years, when Pokemon collectors would start to you know come into money, um, that this set, which was one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in value, would be worth a million dollars. That's my thought. Um, that was my thought was, you know, in, in late 17, early 18, early 19, when I really started to, you know, start going in on the set. But I will tell you, you're right. It's individual versus non-individual, right? So the, the, the Charizard, when I started building it, the Charizard was approximately a third to 40% of the value of the set. And mm-hmm. I never picked up, I never picked up a Charizard 10. And, there and just to, and just to uh, expound yeah. on that, four or five mm-hmm. cards are probably mm-hmm. 98% of the value of the set, 99 well, no. So, so I mean, look, let, let's 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 just give them the free and clear here, then, right? So, last night on PWCC's auction, a full set sold, broken up into individual pieces. All right, so all one hundred, let's call it uh, one hundred and two, one hundred and three, and there was a red cheek. The full set sold last night. Uh, the final sales price of the complete PSA ten set was six hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. Sold okay? individually. Individually, so if you were to go, which is right a great and, topic to discuss, also because yep. when when it comes to selling it, do you sell individually or is this set? But let's keep going. Yeah, six hundred. So, I mean, how much? Let's have that number on record. Six hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. So it's a new, obviously, record price for the set because the prior record was Jeremy Padauer's purchase at one hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars. So six. Which was at the what point 16, this year? Uh, I think it was like February or 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 March of this year. So um, maybe even later, might have even been April. Um, but the hollows, there are 16 hollows. That includes the Charizard, the Blastoise. They are the big part of the set. So this is what you were talking about, the percentage of the set. The first 16 cards accounted for 574,000 of that value. All right, I'm going to go do some the do the remaining math right now. cards. Cage, okay, um, we're, we're losing you for just a second. He's back. He's so, back, guys. So $58,000 for the non hollow and 574,000 for the 16 house. So yeah. you can basically 92, say 91 percent. 91 percent. That's 90 right. and 10 basically. Yeah. Yeah, so so about 90% of those 16 hollows. The Charizard was $295,000 by itself. Yep. So approximately 45-46% is the Charizard. Right? Now just so that everybody's on the same page, I do not own that Charizard. I have a 9. I do not have a 10. That's, so, that's the holy grail. But here's the other interesting that's thing. That's the holy grail. In 2017, with Cage started, the Magnetron, which was, for yeah, what I understand, an irrelevant, an irrelevant card, was maybe a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Of course, it was yeah, scarce. Let's go back to, There's a low pop. Yeah, let's go back to but, last year, right? Before the, yep. before the stuff really popped. Let's go back to last year. Like, Magneton was a $2,000 card, $2,500 card, something like that. Yeah. Yep. 
and Charizard, but at the time, just so we can do a little math on it, was was about forty to forty five thousand. Okay. So now, if I understand correctly, your dilemma it's and, and Cage, how many cards do you have left to, to collect? So, uh, including Charizard, I only need three cards. But but now, two of those three need, are are pretty yep. sizable yep. investments for kind of irrelevant cards, yes. which begs the question: you know, do you finish Correct. the set? But here you have to pony yep. up a big chunk of cash for a card that yep. your heart and soul really isn't into it. Your heart and soul is into yeah. completing the yeah. set, but not into three yep. magnets that are inverted looking at each other, trying to scare someone. <laughs> so that's the question, right? That's, that's the question for Luca Nation, right? It was one thing building the set when I thought everything in it was undervalued. And I thought that the entire set would appreciate you name it. And now I'm at a point where I have to pay peak price for cards that are i'm only buying because of completing the set and take it one step further as we've seen with pwcc when you send the set to pwcc they tell you and you know whether they're right or wrong who knows i think they're right as evidence from last night they will tell you that the best way for you to maximize your money is to sell each one of these cards individually do not sell it as a complete set if you sell it as a complete set, you will get less money because there are less people who who have the ability the means and the desire to drop 600 and $30,000 to buy a complete set. There are more people out there who are one trying to complete sets themselves or have the ability to buy individual and single cards for, you know, significantly less than $630,000. So, so the question for Luca Nation becomes this, should I be spending the top dollar now? And you're talking about Magneton, Hitmonchan, Magneton sold last night for $17,000 and Hitmonchan, the only two that I need, that one sold for like $23,000. You know, these are cards that I passed on last year. Three, four. Yeah. Sorry, you're on the sold last year three or four thousand dollars. So so Luca Nation, you guys have to know Cage is taking this call from the road. This is on the road. This is not an this is not a home game. This is a road (laughs) game that we're we're putting in a shift for you guys. So that's why there's a little bit of a lag. So we apologize (laughs) for that. Uh, but comp those prices, the Magnetron and the Hitmachan, how much were they last year and two years ago, if you remember just ballpark? Yeah, so I passed on Magneton at three thousand to four thousand, and hit Munchan, you know, four to five thousand dollars last year. So, so, so this is this is like a Jared Culver. This is like Jared Culver going up five x. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it, it, think of it this way, right? So, so. There are people who buy, and I use this comparison a lot because Michael Jordan is the Charizard, but there are people who buy the 1986 Fleer set, right? And there are cards in that 86 Fleer set like Johnny Moore that nobody wants on their own, but Johnny Moore still sells for $10,000 in PSA 10 because it is a low-pop card that you need to complete that set. There are people who buy this set, and Magneton is basically like that Johnny Moore. Hitmonchan is one of the, one of the, one of the lower-pop cards. I think it only has like 56 of them. You know, it's, it's, it's only 10 or so more than Chansey. And Chansey sold last night for almost $40,000, $37,000, I think it sold for. Um, so obviously there are people out there who are, who are looking for these cards to buy the set. The real question that I have for our Luca Nation is this. You know, I'm, I'm not planning on to sell this thing anytime soon. I was planning on building a set, hoping to spend one hundred twenty-five dollars or $130,000 and then hold it until it was a million-dollar set. So I do think it's going to go up. But... Do I still buy these cards knowing full well that the goal is at some point to sell this set, knowing that I'm just going to have to break it up and sell them individually anyway? Do I just stop now and, and just, you know, hold what I have and sell them individually? Because, you know, 
or do I go for the set? Do I try to become one of the, you know, 13 or so people that own this set? So it's interesting. It really is. And it, it, you know, it begs the question, which is this, everything in 2020 has been nuts from project 2020 to modern basketball, to vintage basketball, to vintage football, to all of these cards. They've all seen the spike to soccer, to the comeback down. Right. And this stuff is not immune. You know, last night, some cards sold for significantly less than they sold for a couple of months ago. We're not talking about <laughs> some of the PSA 10 hollows, but you know, yellow cheek Pikachu um, in PSA 10 had sold for as high as, you know, $5,500 a couple of months back. And I think one sold last night for $2,500. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I own several of those and I paid $500 a piece for them approximately last year. So even at $2,500, you're talking about a significant multiple. But, you know, is there a pullback? Is there a consolidation period? Do these continue to go up? There's a lot of questions with Pokemon. Right. I mean, a lot of people jump into And what, what, I'm, what I would think about there is because the Hitmonchan, for example, is such a low pop, you don't mm -hmm. know if you're overpaying by double because that card hasn't pulled back yet or there hasn't been enough sales of that to know if it's a pullback yet. Correct. Are you overpaying for it? Yep. 100% correct. And, you know, I mean, I will tell you, just to add some color to this, that I purchased three, the last three to get me to only needing three cards. Cause you're right. I needed six. The last three I purchased about a month and a half ago, I purchased at what I would consider the peak of the market. And <clears throat> the three cards sold last night in, in eBay auctions for less than what I paid. So I've already paid more for some of these hollows than what the hammer price was for these three last night alone. So I'm already- Now, let me ask you as an emotion, emotional question. Please. Does that infuriate you as an investor? Um, you know, you can't just think about it as one particular sale on one night that way, you know what I mean? And, you know, there's a lot of ifs, like you say, what ifs, right? There's a lot of what ifs that went into that. Had I bid on those last night, if I didn't buy the ones that I bought, had I bid on those, who knows what the person who wants high bid was? Would I have still been able to get them? at the price I paid. You, you never know, right? But what you're, what you're talking about here is these high-end, you know, cards with low pop. It really only takes one or two people, you know, going after them for you to see a significant spike. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw another fun one out there for Luca Nation on this is, you know, everybody says, sell your base cards, sell your base this, sell your base PSA 10s of Trey and, and, and Luca and, and, and Zion and Ja. You know, you have taught me this lesson. What you get with those that you don't get from these high-end, uh, low-pop cards that there are some high-end buyers chasing is certainty. Because of the mm -hmm. liquidity and the, the fact that there are Ja Morant sold every day and Zions and Luca sold every day, you can feel pretty confident that if you decide today you wake up and sell that card, you have some certainty into how much you're going to get for that card. It is not the case with, with these other cards that there are, you know, so few of in the world and only a couple of people who are looking for them. So there is that other little you know, factor to it, you know? So I, I also think about, so yeah, it's hard to quantify demand, right? Yep. But if you were to approximate demand, yep. there's only 12 complete sets for PSA 10 first edition, but yep. what's the demand for that? Maybe a hundred people worldwide really care about it. Yep. Where if you just take a card, like a Chansey even, something not like a Charizard, that card, I would imagine, has a demand of 5,000, 10,000. There's way more interested buyers. There's guys from, like, apparently football teams that are even interested in that card, <laughs> yep. shockingly. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And if you even extrapolate that even further to, like, the Charizard, well, that card, the demand for that card is probably in the millions. Yeah, infinite. Yeah. 
infinite. Yeah, but that's for the, the set, card that people there's, want. Yep. A, there's actually not much of a demand. So, right, it's because super the, fascinating. The individual cards will always have more demand than the set because automatically everybody who's building a set wants each individual card. All of the individual cards, a set builder, right? But, but there is an entire universe of people who want a Charizard that don't want a whole set. I mean, a couple of, couple of months ago, a Polyrath is a good example. It's always been thought of as the lowest priced hollow, although it didn't sell for the lowest price of the hollows last night. Um, there was a, a, a YouTuber, an influencer. I forget what he did. I don't know if he's like a, you know, a, a singer or an artist. I have no idea. But he paid full price for the last Polyrath on, on eBay. It was $29,999, all best offer. And he just hit buy it now. And then posted mm-hmm. a whole thing about how he paid $30,000 for it. Previously, before that, the highest sale on the card ever was like eleven grand. But he didn't yeah. care. That was his favorite Pokemon when he grew up. When he collected as a kid, that was his. He was a Polyrath guy. And he paid full $30,000. Now, one sold last night for thirteen. Does that guy care? Probably not. Would I care if I paid thirty grand per card and the next one's over thirteen? You're damn right I would. But you know, so you're right. There are fans of individual cards that are not people out there building a whole set, and I think that's why someone like PWCC or Probstein or any auction house would tell you break it up and sell it individually because you have more of a shot of getting you know um, full value for it. Fascinating. Well, let me flip this on you. You know, after last night's auctions, here you are mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Give us three of Cage's takes on Pokemon completing the set. Uh, give us three takes. Yeah, so takes on Pokemon, right? So, so um, you know, b- modern basketball went up, went flying, and then came down, right? We saw a drop. We saw a drop even in Luka. We saw a drop in LeBron. We see a drop in everybody, top guys. But, you know, one of the, one of the fun things, I mean, we hear, we hear it a lot, right? You know, Charizard can't go out there and tear an ACL. Right, Charizard's not going to go out there and get a DWI or a DUI, right? I mean, that was a great Buster line. Love it. If you haven't watched our video on this, cut by great, Jordan great, on our team. Great is uh, loosely used there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, no, but that, uh, I don't know. That was a, I, I, that's my favorite video that our podcast has made in the, in, the, in the months that we've been here. And I've made several myself. They all pale in comparison to Jordan's work on this one. If you haven't seen the little video that's posted on our, uh, on our Instagram, go check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. You got Adam Lefko in there, Gary V's in there, mm-hmm. uh, Buster's in there. It's just cool Pokemon stuff. But here's, here's, here's the, the flip side, right? So you know what I said in that video was Charizard's also not going out there and dropping 40, 20, and 10 like Luca does, right? And that's true. So what we've seen is we've seen basketball come back. Trace cards are now at their all-time high. You can get more for a trace silver now or a trace base now than you ever could have ever. So it went up, it came back down, but now in the lead up to the season and in the season coming up here, they're going up. Why are they going up? They're going up because people are anticipating what a great season Trey's going to have. And he's going to go out there in the first week and have five 40-point games. Well, Charizard, while he's not tearing his ACL, is also not going out there and dropping 50. He's not going to go out and beat LeBron in a game. So what is the impetus to stop the fall, right? Now, some of the cards haven't fallen. Charizard does not fall, right? He may be fall-proof. Every time that card comes up for auction, it's, it sets a new record price, right? And we're talking about, I was offered one last year for $81,000, this year for $81,000. And I passed on it because I didn't want to get on an airplane and fly in the middle of all this fun craziness, you name it. And that card was eventually sold to a very large influencer who we all know who owns the card now, and I obviously can't get it for 81 since it sold last night for $295,000. A regret. I have many. 
Um, <laughs> but but it's all for eighty one. Then it's all for one hundred and twenty. Then one sold. Steve Aoki Thanksgiving paid soapbox. Yeah, and Steve Aoki paid one hundred and seventy <laughs> for his. Then Logic paid two twenty six for his. And now somebody last night paid two ninety five. I mean, every time it comes up for sale, it's more money. Um, again, not complaining. But <laughs> that would that in and of itself may be enough of a reason to not continue to build the set. Because well, it did fall a little bit, man. It was sold for three twenty to Logic, and this one was two ninety five. No, right? no, no, so... no. Logic paid two twenty six. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This okay. is a new, this is a new, a new record. Two twenty six for Logic, and it's gone up significantly since then in this auction. Um, hmm. It remains to be seen if it gets paid, and that's the other thing we can talk about: PWCC auctions and stuff like that. But basically, I mean, you know, I'm curious to see what the impetus is for this stuff to go back up. How you doing, brother? Um, you know. You can't say, all right, don't worry about Luca's cards. You know, they'll go down, but when the season starts and he goes out there and does his thing, they'll go back up, right? Is there a Pokemon movie that Charizard's going to come and star in and, you know, and, 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 you know, rekindle Charizard's glory? No, I mean, so, so I think what we're seeing now is just the natural course, all right? There's always Pokemon collectors. There have always been Pokemon collectors, but what caused this tremendous run-up are people who are not your standard Pokemon collectors coming into the yep. game and shining a light on it. Your Logan Pauls, Gary V, uh, Logic, all of these headlines, and everybody wanted to get in on it. And the cards ran. And now yep. what you're seeing is some, I believe, logical profit taken. Right? Cards have gone up a lot. Cards have gone up tremendously. I paid $4,000 for my Blastoise PSA 10. And last night, one sold for forty-two dollars or $45,000. It's logical. Do you see, do you see, do you see something like um, we found an, uh, we're finding a new floor for, you know, Blast Well, that's, and yes, I do. Charmander I do and those. Uh, yes. But the, the Charizard's going to be the runaway, you know, the card, that card's going to be a million dollar card where these cards might just actually kind of trade within this new floor that they found for even the next five years. But the Charizard kind of is that Wayne Gretzky card, that Michael Jordan card. That card might be just run away with it. Is maybe. that possible? A little maybe. separation. I, maybe I. I think the opposite is 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 possible, and I would say even potentially likely, right? Because it, it's it's what you see is when the one card runs, the rest of the cards follow. That's normally what you'll see, right? And if Logic goes out there and buys that Charizard, and he's got the Charizard. Well, he's now one of 120 people with a Charizard. It's less because there are people who own multiple. But he's now one of 120 people. So what's the next logical thing for someone like Logic or Steve Aoki or um, Logan Paul, if he stays in Pokemon cards, to do? It's to try to be one of the 11 or 12 or 13 people that has the complete set. That's what people who own the Jordan do. They want to become the 86 Fleer PSA 10 set owners, right? So I believe... And, and the same thing, even if it's not a set builder and, and they're going to be next, you know, Michael Jordan's rookie card from 86 Flair went up. And you know what happened after that? The Barkley followed. The Hakeem Olajuwon's followed. The Barkley followed. The, the Ewing followed. The Dominique Wilkins followed. And everything that was kind of languishing, all of a sudden, like everything else, you, you, you'll, you'll find that if, if Michael Jordan's card is worth $125,000 and there's 317 of them, well, Dominique Wilkins, it can't be worth a grand when there's 92 of them. And all of a sudden it's 7,500 or 9,000. So, so I think more logical what's going to happen is that Zard has always been about a third of the price of the set. 
and it's stretched itself to about 46% of the value of the set. Now, I think while that Zard will continue to climb, I don't think it's going to go down. I think as that climbs slowly, I think these other cards, the Blastoise, the Venusaur, these guys, I think you're right in saying that there's a floor being set for them now. I think a floor of ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars is the lowest you're gonna be able to get any entry level hollow PSA ten. But I think the upside is gonna be there. I think that if you were to stop now, take some pictures of the prices and do a chart over the next two years, while Charizard grows, I think the other hollows are gonna grow at a uh, at a faster rate. I love it. Well, there you guys have it. A little special, different, different episode for you guys, but I hope you find value in it. Uh, a little Pokemon talk. Well, listen, and, and I'll roll into a pick with it, right? I'll roll of into a pick. With it. Of course you will. Of course you will. One of the things that I will tell folks, and I, I'm dumb because I, I'll, I'm selling one of these recently too. So I'm, uh, you know, uh, so it's my own fault. But one of, the, one, of the, one of the things that, you know, Buster talked about, Jeremy Fadauer talked about, you name it, is even though we just talked about Blastoise and Chansey and Magneton and Hitmonchan and Polyrath and all these hollows. One of the things these guys talked about is, is Pikachu. And it, even Lefko's portion of our, our, of, our, uh, of our video, which I hope you guys go and check out. Thanks, Jordan, for, for, for making it. Is that while Charizard is the name, Pikachu's on all the posters. Pikachu's the one who got the movie. Pikachu, it was Detective Pikachu. Pikachu, Pikachu. Now, the Pikachu pops are higher. But I will tell you that um, Pikachu Red Cheeks and even Pikachu Yellow Cheeks they ran and they've now come down a lot. People are taking profit on them now, all right? And I believe that there is, just like there's a floor being set for those base PSA 10 uh, hollows, you know, the non-Charizard ones, I think there's a floor being set now for PSA 10 Pikachu. Yellow Cheek sold for about $2,500. I'm telling you, that card was over $5,500 at its peak. Um, if you can grab that card anywhere in that range, and, and the same goes for PSA 9s, guys. Um, you do not have to be spending thousands of dollars in PSA 10. The PSA 9 set will come down a lot too. There's a lot of profit taking going on at the end of the year. A lot of people looking for money to spend on holidays. You know, the, this auction probably would do better in April <laughs> than it did in, in November. Um, people are, you know, people are looking to spend money on a lot of other things. Um, but I'm telling you, I think that Pikachu is, is you know, he, he's got that brand recognition. He's, he's the guy. Um, you know, Pikachu might be LeBron, you know, uh, Pikachu is, is and, with, and with Pokemon cards, I don't know if you agree with this, but I've seen, I've seen PSA nines that look as good as PSA tens. Uh, and <laughs> it's not like buying a Luca PSA nine in the prism. You know, I, I don't buy prism PSA nines, but with Pokemon, I think it's, it's a viable investment because you got to remember it's a vintage card. It's a 21 year card. A PSA yep. nine is, is still a valuable asset, uh, and yeah. pretty low the reason relative. Right. The reason why you're not buying a Luca PSA 9 is because there are 10,000 PSA 10s of him. You know, the PSA 10 pop on some of these Pokemon cards from 1999 is in double digits. So, you know, it's difficult to get a 10. Um, you know, the PSA 9 is definitely a viable investment. And to answer your question, yes, I have seen many 10s that are in worse shape than several 9s, especially recent 9s. Um, and if I ever do get the Magneton and the Hitmonchan and Charizard is the last one I need. Um, yeah, we'll have another episode talking about how I, I go about taking my PSA 9, which is the nicest Charizard 9 I've ever seen, and trying to change that to a 10, whether it's lobbying PSA to have them take a second look, 
which I've personally never done. And, you know, I, I know there is a way to do it, but I don't like, imagine that there's much success, um, whether it's trying to cross it over to a BGS. Um, but yeah, well, all I you're mean, looking is a fa- looking for is a fair review, right? Uh, that's what all I would care about is, hey, you know, this looks like a 10. Uh, I've subbed thousands of cards. You're the expert. Would you give me just a courtesy fair review, not a PSA 9 review, a fair review? If this was a raw card right now, what would you grade it? I think that's what we're really all looking for. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if, if I really think it's a 10, I could also crack it out of the case and say, go ahead and grade it. Yeah, but dude, that's happens. so scary. Cracking a $40,000 card is not that fun. I'm with you. I'm with you. But, you know, PSA will tell you they already gave you a fair review when they give you a <laughs> so, so Let's wrap with this, but I, w- I do want to ask you something. So yeah, and maybe you could help lead me to it. But mm-hmm. with these already low pop PSA time cards, right? I think Pokemon saw a run-up like never before recently, right? Yep. And you mentioned profit-taking. Yep. So when you see a run-up like that, you have two types of buyers. You have the buyers that are kind of young, opportunistic buyers, right? They're like, ah, oh, I've been waiting for this. I could get in for at 2K uh, or I could get in for 500 and sell that Pikachu for three, four, 5,000, right? Opportunistic. And then you have guys that are like, if I don't buy that Pikachu or that Blastoise right now, I may never get it. And they go ahead and buy it, but they go and stash it, right? Yep. Don't you feel like there's going to be less active PSA 10 uh, supply moving forward? Well, Because so, there uh, are uh, more people that have bought it and stashed it? I agree 100% with that. And I think that's why we're seeing, I don't want to call it a price stall, but you know, for something like Pikachu, right? I think we are. I think we're seeing more supply come on the market now than ever before. You know, if, if you go back over time, you know... These PSA 10s, like, like I need a Hitmonchan or Magneton, the only ones that show up on eBay are people who are just showing them off for $150,000, you know what I mean, with no intention of selling them at all, just to say, hey, look, I have it. You know, if some YouTube influencer wants to pay 150, like someone paid 30,000 for a polygraph. Well, well it, it could be here. the guy, it could be the 45 year old guy who still lives in the basement with his mom who loves that card and he just posted on There's those guys too, by the way. Yeah, they use eBay as that a museum. Po- they use 100%. eBay as their museum. They love it. I've seen it yep. in Facebook groups all the time. Like they're like, look at this card I just posted. It's like seven X the comps. Yep. But it's just like a cool insert from the 1990s. Yeah, it happens hundred percent. So, but, but, but to, to your question, I, I do believe this pullback is a result of, like we said, profit taking. I think that the supply that's out there right now is higher than it's been in a couple of years. And, and we're not talking about supply. I'm talking about available supply. And yes, what happens is, these will now be eaten up. They'll be put into collections. They'll be put into sets where people, hopefully like me, who are buying them and you know, going to give them to their son or hold them for 10 years or whatever it may be, and you don't see it. And yes, what happens when that happens is after that supply of profit-taking decreases, price goes back up because there's yep. still demand for these things, but they're not all over eBay. They're not multiple listings. PWCC is not doing a major event about it. Um, and just, just think about the numbers, right? If Jeremy Padauer was able to buy this set for $129,000 earlier this year and broke up set sold last night for $630,000, think of the run-up there. I mean, that's a 5X run-up. Um, you know, Rally, Rally has the set. You mentioned them, and that was $125,000. i am pretty sure that someone came in and offered for the complete set $470-something thousand dollars, right? That's right. And slab, slab stocks, friends of ours, um, you know, they, they did a nice write-up about that, about how they got this offer. And I believe Slab Stocks, smart young guys, right? I, I believe they came in and said they were going to vote against that buyout. 
Now, of course, I think the way that works, it's almost like stock. It was 51-49 against it. It was pretty close, though. They, I mean, so they, I mean, he might have been a deciding vote. Who knows? But they, but what happens <laughs> is they buy in at $25, right? They buy in at 25 bucks, and I think, per share. And I think that offer allowed them to cash out at $81 per share. So think about that. That's a nice runoff. But what, what, what his point was is that $475,000 or $476,000, whatever that offer is, is light. And what you found out in that PWCC auction last night was he's right because they would have been selling for 476 what's sold broken up for 630 Asterisk, so, if it was paid for. If it was paid for. Although, listen, the vast majority of this is going to be paid for. I mean, some well, of these things. Maybe not the big guy. Maybe not. <laughs> That's the best. That's You're right. 46%. Maybe not. I mean, listen, PWCC, there's a lot, of, a lot of fun with their auctions, but I will tell you this. I mean, the private auction is one thing. But that, that Charizard was at like $30 million at one point during this listing. I think I took a picture of it. I'll show you. And what PWCC does is after, after people play their games, they clean out all of those crappy bets. They vet everybody who's, who's in there. They only let known bidders bid. And, um, you know, possibly to their detriment because I was told like one of, one of the auctions I sold last night, Venusaur, sold significantly less than what the iconic auction sold for last time around. Um, I think, I think one of them sold for like $19,000 last night. And what I was told was there are two people, two big Pokemon, you know, collectors who were attempting to bid, but allegedly their PWCC, you know, wouldn't let them bid because they were not known bidders to PWCC. Like they didn't call them ahead of time and register. And that's a high price item to have somebody who's never bid with them before bid. So yeah, interesting stuff, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into these things. I'll but, wrap with uh, this. I'm this. I'm this kind of buyer, and I, I I would imagine in the Pokemon market there's going to be more of these these types of buyers as well. And I don't do this with the Pokemon market, but I'm just talking in general. And David Peck mentioned this as well. So let's say you really believe in uh, Pikachu for this example. Yep. You probably got it at 200. Then it went yep. up to 500. Probably bought it there again. Yep. It went up to a thousand. You probably bought it there again. Yep. And that went up to four thousand and it dropped back down to 2500. I know as a buyer, I've been right on this card every single time. And now I just want more inventory of it. And what I'm seeing is, is a 40% discount on this card. So I'm yep. probably going to start scooping this card up. And I think you're going to start seeing that with, with rare Pokemon cards, with low pop Pokemon cards, because dude, there's people who believe in them. There's enough buyers who believe in them and they've made quite a, quite a few bucks on them. And, yep. and why would they not reinvest those, those monies right back into the card that they believe in? I think it's yeah. a really important strategy to pick up on as well. Yeah. I mean, and listen, the Pokemon craze, it's, it's a healthy thing. There were cards that sold last night at record prices that were not part of this set. I mean, there was a Lugia card that sold for over $100,000. You know, there are Sky Ridge, which is a 2003. It's the last Woods of the Coast set Pokemon card that sold, you know, a Charizard that sold for over $20,000. Um, you know, uh, a Neo Shining Charizard sold for over $20,000. I mean, it's a $25,000 car. I mean, it's not just this one set. Um, so, you know, it, there's definitely legs to, to uh, Pokemon, but I think your, your point is 100% right. I mean, there are, there are people who are now going to come in and do these as buying cards at a discount. Um, you know, they ran up, and like anything does when it runs up crazy like that, there is a logical pullback in price. Um, and yeah, I think that's what we're seeing now. I think that's just the temporary pause on its way back up a little slower this time. Nation, this is a goodie. I hope you Listen, guys enjoy I got it. Please let you. us know. I'm not okay. letting you go yet. I'm not got questions for you, right? So, please, so please, on, please. on Turkey, on Turkey, you got Turkey on your plate and you have the option of having 
uh, sweet potatoes or white mashed potatoes? What do you go with? The sweet potatoes or the, or the mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. All right. Do you go with a Brussels sprout casserole or a green bean casserole? I don't know what a casserole is. All right. Well, you can look that up. It's on Google. If you had green beans or Brussels sprouts, what would you go? Br- Brussels sprouts, though, for sure. All right. You go with the Brussels sprouts. Okay. And then are you a corn or a peas guy? Peas. All right. And if you were going to have hate corn, hate corn, hate corn on the cob. Right. Listen, too when much you're, work. When, you, when you're well, on the cob, sure, nibblings are cool. But when you're a kid, it's nothing like eating corn. This way you get to see it after you eat it again. Nah, so I work um, hard so I don't have to work hard to eat. I hate working hard to eat. All right. How about stuffing? Are you a fan of in the bird or outside of the bird? Never had stuffing. We don't have never, that, remember? Never, never eaten stuffing in your life, dude. Guys. Well, n- not knowingly. <laughs> like All i'm right, sure i well, tried it but it was like okay it's kind of weird it's like kind of bread right like a little it's, bread yeah, it's bread it's yeah it's 100 percent bread some some people but but, stuff but, but you guys throw everything into it right it's just like a mitch podge of, of all these foods i guess like i mean i guess it's, it's basically just you know cubed bread pieces some celery some carrots some seasoning and that kind of stuff you know there are stovetop versions of it which i wouldn't you know i wouldn't recommend but i make that even you know uh, that would be my third favorite Every once in a while, it's a, it's a nice thing. But in the bird and outside the bird. In the bird's always the best. Come on now. But, you know. Probably, you it, probably has the, it probably has the juices. It's like yeah, breadcrumbs like, dipped in the, in the exactly, fat. Exactly. Exactly. It's got like that the, you know, fire. It's, it's, it's definitely fire. I, I, I assume that's a good thing. <laughs> fire is Your good. Your generation lit- doesn't, doesn't understand that, that fire can be used for everything. Dude, so I'm going to throw one out there for you and it'll show you my age. I had this exact conversation with my daughter this morning because she was saying something that I made was fire. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I said, you know, the words are, are, are amazing over time. I said, you went back to the 50s and they wanted to say that something was cool. They wouldn't say it was lit or fire. You know what they would say? They'd say it's boss. Yep. Boss, right? That's boss. And I said to her, I said to, this is a, this is a word I'm bringing back, guys. So if you are from my generation and you want to bring a word back, here's my word. In the 80s, if you liked a girl and you thought that girl was attractive, you didn't say she was lit or fire or hot or, as my daughter said, that's my bae. I don't know what bae, B-A-E, that's my bae, is what my daughter tells me. No, you would say, now get this, card collectors of the world, you would say that girl is mint. She's mint. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there who was my age or someone around there remembers that. That's pretty that, good, Cage. Do a little, do a little comment in there. That he would say, oh, man, I like that girl. That girl is mint. And talk about, talk about a, a word that is appropriate for card collectors out there, right? A mint, you know? So I guess maybe gem mint would be better than mint. But, uh, but yeah, we used to say, oh, that girl's mint. Funny. What other words are <laughs> like that out there? Throw some comments out there for us on this one. And, guys, listen. You know, before we Cage, let you I run, like that. I like that. That's what we're gonna, we got to bring that played. word back. We got to we got to bring that word back because that's a legit. <laughs> especially, come on, guys. What better word for us to be using to describe stuff than mint? But <laughs> listen, we, we we're here. We're, we're it's a Thanksgiving episode. We love you guys. We wanted to throw something out there for you. There's no football tonight because of the you know COVID striking again, and no Raven Steelers. You have to push that off till Sunday. Hopefully, you listened to our episode yesterday and put the over in on the early game because that was in by halftime, basically. Um, so we try, we try to, we try to make sure that you guys know we're there for you. Um, because each and every one of the 45,000 of you that have listened to us over the last four months, we view you as family. Um, we really do. And, uh, you know, family is what we're most thankful for and we're thankful for you guys. So we're here, we're here every day and we'll, 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 we'll be here again for you tomorrow to, to chat. Enjoy guys. And if you're going out black Friday shopping, In- insert, insert little violin here. 
That's my little my, my little violin. Dude, but we mean it. Come on. I love these guys. Look at some of the comments we got in the last couple of days that I showed you. Some of, some of these guys are nice. Some of these guys, they, you know, they, um, you know, we really are. It's, it's really a big community. And we love you guys. So you got a lot of stuff to comment on. Did you ever use the word mint? If not, what was the word of the day for you during your generation's fun word? That's number one. Number two, should I be completing the set? Or the hell with the set because we're just going to have to break up the set anyway when it's time to sell and stop dumping good money after bad, you know, in Magneton and hit Monchan. Or should I go out and get them? Because I can. I'd have to overpay, but I can go get them. So tell us what you think on that. And then, you know, what are we saying? Lastly, turkey. Stuffing. Stuffing in the bird or out of the bird. We want to see some comments from you guys. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.